Okay. Ooh, we're here. Let's have a tea break. Yeah, let's have a tea break, everybody. No notes, just vibes. <laughs> Which is a bit scary, uh, considering it we've is. had so many good notes uh, this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is a conversation that we need to have just like yeah. you and I, right? Like just two friends yeah. with a bunch of friends listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, here's the thing, like, I'm not here to be like, this is the reason this is this. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not an authority. This is just what right. I think. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if this helps someone, yeah. if this doesn't, if they want to skip it completely, like, it's not going to bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, we had a very strong reaction to some of the events in the finale and we feel like before we can do our beat by beat, we need to kind of get it out. Yeah, exactly. I think you said that, right? Um, so today is not going to be the beat by beat, the regular episode, you know, the book 18, I guess, uh, that we Mm -hmm. had planned on recording. This is going to be kind of a, a reaction, maybe to kind of get particularly some negative reactions out uh, so that if people who don't want to listen to negative discourse about this show, maybe can just skip this one and go straight Mm -hmm. into the beat by beat, or maybe for people who kind of need to have this discussion to like hear people talking about this um, in a more negative way, then they can, they can listen and see if maybe there's something to take from that. And the hope is that when we do get to the beat by beat, it won't be as negative. (laughs) Exactly. So that we can kind of, you know, look at it for what it is and not for what we're disappointed that it's not. Yeah. And I still would like to do, uh, you know, more subsequent episodes that maybe uh, takes a look into the season overall, which I think adding the finale in might recontextualize some stuff that happened. And so that might gear a little bit more towards the negative i don't know yet like yeah. it's really this is just kind of a cathartic like let's talk about it sort of thing yeah. let's talk it yeah. through as a crew um, that's right right which again like it's one of those things that now so if i so okay before we start i do feel the need to be transparent and to say that the day before the episode aired my dog passed away uh so this is mm-hmm. a dog that i'd had for 14 years And uh, she passed away of old age um, and it was truly heartbreaking. And so I am grieving her loss still and probably for a long time. So, yeah, so I I know that there are definitely that I was already prepped for grieving. You know what I mean? Like that I am already grieving something. And so that this episode that I was so hoping was going to cheer me up, uh, did not. And so like, right. if I'm projecting feelings of loss onto it, then that, and that's, that's normal though, right? Like that's what fiction of is course. for. Right. And in particular for you personally, you were such a big fan of Izzy. Like yeah. it just, it just compounded that. And, and the signs that we saw, like we, if, if anyone listened to the end of our coverage of the seventh episode Mm. and we talked about the predictions and what we had seen and we were pretty sure that they were going to kill Izzy or do something. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what your feelings were about that? Like we, yeah, it was clear from the get go. (laughs) 
<laughs> everyone knew that we weren't going to be happy about this. Do you remember when we first started talking about season two? And one of the things that I said mm-hmm. was that I was kind of scared about this idea of like subverting expectations yes. because that had never meant good things for me, like yeah. in my experience. Um, but then people were like, oh no, what it means is that they're going to subvert those expectations that like we have of bad things happening and they're actually going to make good things happen. And and that's what the interview said too. Yes, absolutely. We didn't make this up is kind of what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Right. Because they said, oh, this, what I'm getting is that this audience, David Jenkins said, Mm -hmm. what I'm getting is this audience is so traumatized and Mm. they've been queer baited and, and. And to be clear, we were not queer baited in this show. Oh, no, like the, no, 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 no. But but we're going to talk about some of the same type of feelings that happened in other shows where we were queer baited. Mm. Uh, we'll parallel this a little bit. Like, I, I, you know, queer bait is such a loaded term. Yes. And, you know, the last thing I want to say is, Oh, in a in a show that is completely queer, it, that we were queer baited. We were we were not queer baited, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so we'll we'll get into it, but yeah, I just we were told. Yeah, we to were trust told them. very clearly. Yeah. Oh, and I actually want to put a disclaimer out there. Mm-hmm. I started. I was. I wanted to listen back to our old episodes, and I frankly just didn't have the time. And I listened to a little bit of it, and um. I think before we do like a, an overall season or whatever, I will go back and listen. Um, but I actually have a diagnosed memory issue. Okay. And so sometimes I do not remember what we said. And so like, I don't think that there's enough people listening that they're going to be like, actually in episode three, you said, blah, 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 blah. and I'll mm-hmm. be like, okay, I don't remember that. So just <laughs> so you know, I do have like a diagnosed memory issue. So if I say like, <laughs> Again, oh, I always thought Izzy was queer. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> oh, that was that was kind of funny. Yeah. I did love that yeah. though. I was like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. That's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Let's move on. Everything has everything changed so much between season one and season two, as far as how I viewed Izzy. Mm. Is it in between the seasons for you that it happened, or like when season yeah. two was airing? Because I find that that changed a lot of people's perspective. Oh. But- for sure, for sure, for sure. Like, so I think with season one, you know, he was one, he was like a secondary antagonist. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him. I wasn't sure if he was queer or not. And like, I didn't know if he was homophobic or if it was internal homophobia. Like, I wasn't sure. And I was willing to be like, oh, okay, we're allowed to headcane and everyone is queer. No problem. Like, that's cool. Um, If that's how you see him. I don't know if I see it yet. But then I got you know, I got to see some of the fan discourse after we had kind of isolated ourselves from, from all that yeah. during our coverage of season one. And it was like more like fanon rather than canon to me. Mm. But then once season two started airing and basically he was in an unhealthy relationship with Blackbeard. This is textual. It's textual. It, and, and it was more canon. And so I know there's a lot of media that, people get accused of confusing fanon and canon. And uh, in this situation, people are like, you made Izzy out to be something he wasn't. So, you know, and, and I, I'm going to disagree, you know? Right. I don't know. Should we, should we go through like, I don't know. How how do you want to tackle this? (laughs) 
Um, like, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we can start to one spot and just kind of like recreate a little bit of, mm-hmm. cause we did have a discussion yesterday. We did. Yeah. Um, where we talked about this and, and I think that like, if we had recorded that, that would have been great. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We were like, dang it. We should have just hit record. Yeah, we hit, um, yeah. I, okay. So, so first of all, I watched, just like I said, I was going to do in the previous episode, I watched about 10 minutes ahead of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> when we discovered, when when I saw that Izzy was injured, I messaged you. So have you not watched the rest of the episode? So I have watched 15, f- fully watched the first 15 minutes of the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I stopped when you told me. I have not okay. gone back and watched the whole thing, but I did, mm-hmm. like, with everything that's online at this point, like, like, not that I've seen it, but like, I know what happens. Right. right so I right. still, I, I know that for the beat by beat, I will go back and watch it. But honestly, yes. it's not with like joy in my heart that I'm going to be doing that. Right. Um, but I, I, so I have not actually watched uh, the episode. All I, and keep in mind, this was like 3 a.m., right? Like when this was oh, happening. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We couldn't sleep. We couldn't I was sleep. so worried yeah. about what was happening. I was so worried mm-hmm. about like whether you were going to watch it before me and not be warned. And I, I literally kept dreaming. I was like half sleeping and kind of dreaming about, I was dreaming about our flag means death. And like that Izzy was like happy in the entire show like the entire episode and then like he immediately just like keels over and dies like i was having Mm. nightmares about it and i finally was like i i can't sleep and i I messaged you and you're like neither can i and it was like (laughs) 10 minutes before the episode was about to drop and we decided to get up and watch it yeah 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 Yeah, it was bad (laughs) it was pretty bad right because like keep in mind i'm still like surrounded with like kleenex from crying about my dead Mm. dog and like (laughs) i'm like okay well Mm. let's just let's just watch it get it out of the way and so i'm like okay you start and then i'll follow five minutes behind (laughs) right yeah yeah so i'm having a grand old time watching i'm like you know this is interesting i have a lot of thoughts about some things that are happening you know like this is some of the stuff that i saw i felt was a little strange some of it was really funny some of it was really good like it was kind of in line with what we had seen so far this season yeah mm-hmm. and kind of in line i think says a lot yeah um, yeah and then at one point you're like okay mary pause it and i was like what no don't tell me that's happening right and so mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i don't hear from you in a little for a little while and then you go i'm so mad and i'm like no <laughs> they did not and mm-hmm. from there, like, mm-hmm. I just started crying again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, so, okay. How do I word this without spoiling it? So when I watched the Supernatural finale, mm. you know, we were very geared up, uh, very keyed up, very, we didn't know what to expect. Mm. And when I watched the finale, I watched it. And I wasn't a group of with people, but like once it got really intense, like I ignored the my computer, like right. not with a group of people in person. I was sat, I was alone in person. I was okay throughout most of the episode because I was like, okay, 
so something, but it's going to, something's going to happen to make it better. Mm. Okay. Something's there. Oh, wait, wait. The only reason he's going here is so that so-and-so can show up. Right. And then, so I was optimistic, optimistic, optimistic until we get to the end of the episode. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? Yeah. Wait a minute. And so that's kind of how I feel about this. Like we went through the entire season very optimistic and like when something happened that we were like "Hmm?" Mm -hmm. it was like well okay but they're gonna fix it it's okay like um they made ed so extremely dark yeah but he's gonna redeem himself but then when we get to the end and he hadn't really redeemed himself it was just kind of all water under the bridge forgotten Mm -hmm. and in Izzy's dying breath, pardon me, but is in Izzy's dying breath, he says, they all love you, Ed. All, the crew loves you. And I'm like, fucking where? Yeah, where did we see that? Where did we see that? Because he like, quote unquote, made amends with Lucius, but really not because Lucius said it didn't help him as much as he thought he did. And it was really Izzy telling him that not moving on is worse. Mm-hmm. That helped him just finally, quote unquote, get over it. And then he he fixed a door jam and he said he was sorry to Fang. And then as he's walking away, he said, sorry about your leg to Izzy. But like, otherwise, like, did he apologize to Frenchie? Did he apologize to Jim? Did he apologize to Archie or any of the other crew? Mm-hmm. Like I, other after that little cat bell episode, mm. he only hung out with Steed. Yeah. And it was like, okay, that's fine. You don't have enough time. But like for Izzy to be like, Ed, the family that you were searching for surrounded you all along, you know, click your heels, you know, and take Toto with you. Like what? Like, (laughs) and so I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. And then we hit a wall of the end of the episode and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, (laughs) like, so that's why sometimes like you look back on your coverage of season two, that's happening in the moment. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, this was great. This was great. Oh, good. And then you're like, well, I hate to go back and take all that back. But actually now that I've seen the entire thing, like what, what what the hell was this? Well, listen, there's two things that you brought up in this that like, Mm -hmm. I kind of want to come back to because I find that it's super interesting. Like Mm -hmm. one is like the recon recontextualizing of it all because i remember like throughout season two just being like oh my god i cannot wait to go back to season one and recontextualize it with Mm -hmm. season two in mind because like it changes my entire perspective on it and also my approach and like i shouldn't have been so um suspicious of the writing team and the show yeah Mm -hmm. uh and i really do wish i could take that back now (laughs) (laughs) because because maybe it's never a bad thing to be suspicious of your writing of the writing team of any show yeah um especially when they spend so much time trying to gain your trust with paratext right so things that are Mm. outside of the actual Mm -hmm. show that you're watching Uh, because that's kind of what it was and that brings me to like the second thing that i want to talk about Uh, so sorry before we move on I remember you bringing up a lot of issues with season two. And I remember also hand-waving a lot of them. Yeah. And being like, no, but it's fine. Uh, you brought up, I think we brought up like the hand went where you think. Yeah. And then um, you brought up Pete's like speech about like, 
get over it basically yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. worry about living rather than your trauma mm-hmm. and but we were like oh but it's okay but it's okay they didn't mean it that way right well right because mm. i thought that like that was you know again and 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 not to say it, not that my opinion on this has completely changed, but it definitely right. has changed. I, I see mm-hmm. it in definitely a less trusting way now, like in a way that is going to question it a lot more. Like, what was the point of giving Lucius sexual trauma? Right. Right. Like, and to have him then get married, like, are we, did they talk about that? Like, are we going to talk about, like, you know what I mean? Like in, in, mm-hmm there's there's repercussions to that in life and um mm-hmm. you would expect for there to be repercussions in a character showed on tv otherwise it's just like mentioning it for the sake of mentioning it which then is like but why yes. are you mentioning it except to make us laugh mm-hmm. about sexual trauma which is not something that i enjoy laughing about so right. i don't know it's it's a very strange feeling to kind of be like oh, I no longer trust that you were in on the joke, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So that brings me to the second thing that I want to talk about, which is like the show and show versus tell. Because mm-hmm. what we saw on the show, like you said, was that the crew still did not trust Ed. Like if if I hadn't read any of David Jenkins's like interviews and I've ha- if I hadn't seen episode eight and you were mm-hmm. to ask me does the crew love and trust Ed my answer would have been no yeah but at the end they end up telling us that they do yeah but there's no backup and so that's why in part I think it falls so flat because it's not we were never showed we were just told and that's mm-hmm. not how you tell that like that's not how that's not how great stories are told in my opinion Right. Um, So that's one thing. And I think that that's also a problem with... So can we talk about, about, like, the stupid, like, father figure comment that he made? Yes. For anyone not in the know, uh, David Jenkins did an interview where he just kind of casually mentioned that the reason he killed Izzy was because Izzy was Ed's mentor slash father figure and... You know, just like in Harry Potter, just like in um, Lord of the Rings with Gandalf, like the old man with the white beard has to die. Like the mentor, the the father figure has to die for the hero to move on. And the entire fandom exploded. <laughs> well, yeah, because listen, again, he he kept on saying so. OK, I don't even know where to start with that one, because mm, that is such mm-hmm. a can of worms, because on the one hand, he had been talking so queerly about yeah. um, Izzy and Ed, about how Izzy was acting like a jilted wife, like a, mm-hmm. right? Like an ex-wife. The same way. And there were so many parallels that we saw also between Izzy and Mary Bonnet. Yes. Um, and so like that was in text and that was in interviews. And so that's kind of like how this season was set up for me. And that's how I looked at it. We even have the textual evidence of we think you're in an unhealthy relationship with Blackbeard. Yes. You know, I have love for you, Edward. I loved you like best as I could, you know, like all mm-hmm. of those things like are kind of like going into this. You know what he did when I told him I loved him? He <sighs> shot, he shot you, right? Like, yeah. T- 
He's so, just jealous. He's just jealous. So all of Man, those things. Dad's jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. But right. <laughs> daddy's jealous. Daddy's jealous. Um, but then you move on to this kind of relationship. So again, if you had asked me, what is the relationship between Izzy and Ed? I would have been like, well, they're exes, right? Right. Okay. So let's so talk about showing versus telling. What did they show us in the show that backs up what David Jenkins told us that Izzy was a father figure? Uh, if I had to really look for it, I would say that there was definitely a parallel between him and Auntie, which I wish they had explored mm-hmm. a little bit more because I think they would have been besties. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Or they would at least actually, no, maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would just <laughs> like despise each other. But at least like there would have been like a respect for I one another, so, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm, there would have been mm-hmm. something like based in respect. Maybe the mm-hmm. way that like cats sometimes just kind of like ignore each other, yeah. you know, but agree to be in the same room without fighting, like in that <laughs> like way. Children with parallel play. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. We're just going to ignore each other. We're going to do it. the same things. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, so we saw that. So I, I have a couple of proposals that I think, frankly, are weak tea that if someone, and so that's why I kind of want to refute them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing we see is that um, when the line that Steed said, Ed said that Izzy taught him everything he knew, which we thought was weird. Yeah, we did think it was I, weird, actually. Yeah. And so now recontextualizing that it felt shoehorned in but actually david jenkins said and and this lends this whole theory even less credence that he wasn't thinking he didn't think about the father figure thing until they were breaking the last episode they were really doing this by the seat of their pants now what's breaking is breaking like um i think starting like it's not blocking is it yeah yeah so they're like so I want to know what breaking is so that like, were they filming the episode? No, I don't where, think so. No, where Izzy trades Steed, like, uh, so they were breaking the final episode, but they were in filming, but they wouldn't I have went know. back and changed all that. Like, that's a major thing to change. Mm. So, so then it's just a fluke that it's there. Right. And, and his reaction was, oh, oh, what did he say about me specifically? That is not the way a father. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Reacts. It's okay. the way daddy reacts. <laughs> I mean, listen, if I if I'm gonna have listen. if I'm subjected to this kind of stupidity, I am going to make fun of it. Like I'm so I'm sorry. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, so another piece that you could say, and, and here's the thing. So a mentor slash father figure would give a person advice. First of all, in season one, when did when did Ed ever follow Izzy's advice? Never, not once. No, Izzy was desperately trying to like corral him the way you would try yeah. to herd cats, you know, like. And even like the Frankfurters thing with yep. the clouds, like Izzy was completely clueless to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a tactician. And if you want to say that Izzy taught Ed everything he knew, has Ed even ever picked up a fucking sword? Because he never killed anybody by his own hand. Apparently. So like. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly, which, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to get to that. Okay. <laughs> I have notes now. <laughs> So, so then, all right. So then they want to talk about where, uh, the conversations where he said, oh, well, so how did that make you feel about throwing out his leathers? And he said, good. And he said, maybe you should listen to that. Mm. 
again, we talked about that. Yeah. You and I talked about that in our episode where it felt like a divorced couple yeah. who realized that they were in a really toxic relationship with each other. They were better off without each other in that toxic relationship. And they're both kind of finding their way without the other. But you can't help but go back to that other person every now and again and go, you know what? You've known me the longest. Mm. You you kind of see me for who I am. My new relationship with Steed, he he's still kind of looking at me with, with cow eyes. With cow eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he still sees the best in me and you've seen me at my worst. Yeah. So like I need I need your advice because you're not going to sugarcoat it for me. Mm-hmm. That's what divorced couples who have finally kind of set their differences aside and it's like, well, we're going to still coexist and we're, you know, we're fine. But, but, ooh, we were not good together, were we? Those are the conversations I felt like they were having when they were on the ship and uh, Ed swipes a swig out of his bottle and and you know they're talking and then when they have the conversation on the docks where he's talking about maybe you should listen to it Mm -hmm. that's what i at no point did i feel like that was a mentor or a father figure talking to ed at all maybe a daddy (laughs) i am going to be so annoying (laughs) i've decided i've decided to be really bratty about this i'm so sorry (laughs) okay that's so funny. But honestly, I completely agree with you. Like it's it's just so silly, shoehorned. Like again, they they what they showed us and what they told us is really like it's completely inconsistent. And speaking mm-hmm. of inconsistency, I think we do need to talk about like the elephant in the room, which is like Ed and his relationship with killing or his history with killing. Yes. Because this is something that we had been kind of questioning for a while mm-hmm. now. And I know that people have like some like quite interesting headcanons about it, about how he's like an unreliable narrator and that sometimes, you know, like he chooses to remember some things or some things he genuinely doesn't. Sure. But I'm like, honestly, at this point, it's just too inconsistent for me to be able to say one way or the other. And before I thought that that was like planned and baked in by the show, but now I'm just like, is it just bad writing? Like, is it just inconsistent mm-hmm. characterization? Yeah. That's what I, 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 so I was, so when do we see him kill? anyone on the show so when he kills his father yep and we don't and so we see him order fang to kill that one guy with a snail fork Mm -hmm. right yeah and then we don't see it until the finale of season two where he is just killing well, no, we do see him in the in the first episode of season two in the raids, oh, yeah. right? He kills yep, yep. he kills and quite a bit at that point. I didn't catch that. Now we, I'm saying when when we see it. Mm. Now we do see him firing a gun. We don't actually see the person dead, but he was firing a gun at somebody and presumably killed that person, right? Yes, presumably, right. So we don't see him kill. And, but that's when he's at his lowest. That is when he is like having a, a break of some sort, a mental break of some sort. Yeah. Like he is out of control. And then we move to the finale of season two. And he is just strangling and stabbing and shooting and like... Uh, and and here's the thing, David Jenkins has said that English soldiers don't count. They're like 
stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, in, they're just dispensable. And I mean, <sighs> okay. But, but also they're not, especially when you're like strangling them while you're reading the love letter from Steed, like yeah. with your hand. And I think that there's also something important about like, cause we have given English soldiers personalities before, right? Like we've seen English soldiers with yeah. personality, um, some that didn't die. And, and it's, so it's like, but so like stormtroopers don't really get that. So they're not quite stormtroopers. And mm-hmm. what do you mean they don't count? Like, do they, do nobody count? And, and like, I, I would be, again, I would be so down to actually be like, okay, so English soldiers don't count. Fair enough. Like no yeah. problem. But Colonizers I'm, don't count. Great. Yeah. Exactly. But I kind of, again, was never showed that. Right. And sometimes it's not about the person you kill. It's about what the killing does for you. And that was the whole point Mm -hmm. was that he couldn't bring himself to kill anyone. And like, I I gave him a pass when it was like, yeah, but then you didn't, you specifically say that you and Calico Jack, like set like an entire ship on fire and you could hear their screams. Mm -hmm. Like, like how's that? So, so you're, you have killed by ordering people or by doing it in a passive way. And so, but I'm willing to like go, oh, oh, okay, all right. Well, I mean, but he didn't do it with his bare hands. And then in the finale, we see him do it with his bare hands. And you're like, well, wait, okay. I, and I, I videoed a little bit of myself like reacting to it, which I don't think is interesting for anybody to see really. But <laughs> I was, I just kind of was like, you know, people video themselves. Yeah, and I was like, maybe reaction I'll videos, want to, thing. Depending on what happens, maybe I'll want to see this. Mm. And so I videoed a lot of it, and and I just kept going, oh, uh, oh, oh, okay, he doesn't care about killing anymore, I guess. <laughs> like, okay, like we're past that now, I guess. Yeah. Like, whatever. And again, like I, I, I don't dislike the idea of somebody who is like who starts doing something that they said they would never do in order to save somebody that they love, right? Like that yeah. is not something. But the thing is, this was such a contentious point and like a a questioned point that it's like well so wait what does this mean again like I'm confused I'm confused as like a viewer and as somebody who usually kind of understands things that they watch like I I am confused and I don't think that I should be walking away from a 30 minute show confused about the main characters like motivations and characterization Right. And and he made such a big deal about killing in cold blood. And I mean, to be clear, killing in cold blood is when you're not being attacked yourself mm-hmm. and you're not full of passion or, or full of rage or whatever like he was in the season opener. Um, you know, he's not in the middle of a break. Like cold blood is you are saying you're illogical, you're standing there and you have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be fair, I don't believe... Any of his kills were technically in cold blood, except maybe the English soldiers that came upon him when he was on the ship or when he was on his little boat, his dinghy. Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to. Re- Again, I watched it at 3 a.m. Yeah. and I haven't watched it. since. So. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Which, it's... by the way, maybe he wasn't sane because um, if you I, I saw someone clip that scene where he's where all of Zhang's. Um, 
ships are on fire and he's seeing it. Mm-hmm. And um, you can hear Steed yelling for help. And like Steed wasn't yelling for help at that moment. Mm-hmm. So, so like he's having like auditory hallucinations. Interesting. It seems. I mean, again, it goes, it goes hand in hand with the stuff that we've seen from Ed, uh, this season, but it does mm-hmm. make me very like worried for what is going to happen between him and Steed now. Yeah. Right. Because the, the episode ends with them opening an inn in the middle, like literally mm. selling antiques in the middle to fucking no one in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. Uh huh. And I'm like, how like, <laughs> did you do? How is this growth? How is this growth? And literally, like, the last time that Ed lost... Well, I mean, he never saw Steed as a father figure, uh, so Mm -hmm. I guess we can't really talk about it that way. But, like, the last time that Ed lost a spouse or, like, a boyfriend, he went into, like, some sort of mental break. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what's going to happen now, though? Like, what's... Like, Ed doesn't deal well with grief. Well, right. So, So they never dealt with their problems. Like, if he had a legitimate reason to leave, none of that was ever talked about. Steed basically had no growth the entire season except for gaining some competency. Mm-hmm. Thanks As to Izzy. A pirate, thanks to Izzy. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, so again, like, I, I like to, I like to kind of think about fiction as a way to like, work stuff out in real life mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. if somebody were to tell me that somebody like ed who has an ex-spouse who is like izzy mm-hmm. and is now in a new relationship with one of my friends i'd be like literally in the middle of nowhere i'd be like girl are you sure like mm-hmm. are we sure about this like right this is kind of the recipe for what happened with Izzy to happen with Steed? Like, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Right. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off base about that. Right. Like, again, they're whim prone. Exactly. And the way that we saw like, Anne and Mary abuse each other as well, right? Yes. And, and, oh, like, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. Like, uh, presumably we're going to see that in, Season three, mm. like David Jenkins, I believe, gave up the ghost completely like mid season when he's like, well, I kind of envision season three is that, you know, season one was them getting together, break, you know, like first blush of love. Season two was them figuring out how to be together. And season three will be them together, like starting an inn or something. And I remember reading that. And so when they left off the season with them in an inn, I was like, Oh, Oh, you just kind of told us what was going to happen. Okay, cool. I guess. (laughs) So like, are we going to see the logistics of them doing an inn or are they going to go? I'm assuming they're going to go back to pirating. Like it's going to (sighs) become our flag means Yelp. Um, right. <laughs> we're going to see like people leaving reviews. <laughs> right. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was very odd. It was a very odd choice. There were a lot of odd choices. Like 
making Frenchie the first mate, which David Jenkins was like, well, you saw Frenchie becoming the first mate all through season two. And I was like, since <sighs> fucking when? What are you talking about? He was Ed's first mate for like a minute. Listen, and then they he have wasn't Zhang. first mate. Like, oh my God. They have Zhang on board <sighs> who outranks Frenchie. And like, please yeah. listen, you, I think... I think I've made, have I made it clear that I love Frenchie? I don't know. I hope I love so. Frenchie. We have, we have okay. waxed poetic about Frenchie. Okay, fantastic. Yes. Because I, I, I adore Frenchie and I think he deserves all of the love and all mm-hmm. of the promotions. However, there's Zhang right there. <laughs> right. And Spanish Jackie. Look at all of these very dominating people who are like, get the fuck out of the way. Like, right. Like, how is that going to work? <laughs> I don't think they're going to stay on the ship, honestly. Not I think possibly. they're going to. I think they're just get hitching a ride. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I, I think that that's probably the most generous way to look at this. Um, right. Which I'll, I'll, I'll head Canton for myself. Right. Can we talk for a second about genre? <sighs> yes, we can. Because we keep saying for a 30 minute show for this, for that. Yeah. <sighs> so this was billed as a romantic comedy. Yes. And not even. Okay workplace yeah sitcom yeah but set in early 1700s mm-hmm. pirates mm-hmm. pirate ship so what's the worst thing that happened as far as death in season 1 carl the bird yeah i would say carl the bird was probably the one that was like the saddest uh we do have mm-hmm. like um Calico Jack who dies as far as yeah. we know right we're not yeah, 100% we sure yeah. because like right. again like you know but he was an antagonist know. he was yeah very much for yeah. sure for sure and and then we have the badmintons who die yeah. in a very right. shocking way and like yeah. in a way that nobody really expects them to die right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. okay so as far as like so people who who try to say well it's piracy it's brutal da 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 the only brutality we see is when they're doing raids mm. and it's very much played for like oh my gosh so we can see how funny and goofy they are when they're not doing raids and you're like wow wow okay oh that got crazy you know so to tell me it's a romantic comedy and and to tell me it's an office sitcom I am not expecting someone to die, especially someone who was centered as one of the main characters of the season. Yeah. And for to be shocked that we're upset. They're like, what? We gave him such a good story to give him such a good send off. Like. Roach jumped off the (laughs) mast and hit, hit like. And he walked, he wasn't even limping. Steve got gut stabbed and hanged. And and Ed got his head bashed in. Yeah. And he came back to life. He wasn't dead. And Izzy got shot in the exact same location where Steed and Ed got stabbed and they were fine. Yeah. On the left side, where there's no important organs. After yes, allegedly, after after (laughs) having survived like an amputation on a pirate ship in Mm -hmm. like using whatever dirty blade was there, right? Like this is it's a lot. 
it's a lot to suspend disbelief that way. Right. And I saw someone on Twitter go, okay, well, then clearly they went too dark and they didn't know how to handle it. They made Ed too dark. They made Izzy's arc too dark. Because if you're going to show us a character getting disabled on screen, show him recovering from that disability and becoming strong again and finding community and that community help him become strong by making the leg for him. Name him the unicorn. They didn't have to do that. That was not necessary. So he, so he is told, we are told he is the spirit of the ship. He was the first mate who he clearly said as first mate, it's my duty to inform you that we are docked, you know? Yeah. He, the docking joke. We are, yeah, we are told and then he's always just hanging out in Steed's quarters. Like he's just there. He's, he's hanging out. He's the bridge between the crew and the captains. Uh-huh. Like, so he's a central character. And, you know, I understand that they're in an episode where you're going to kill somebody, you give them like the best lines and the best speeches and like everyone loves them. And they're like, you know why I love you. I'm going to tell you X, Y, Z. Cause you're going to die in 20 minutes. Like, that's why Ricky was like, oh, I'm going to talk to the great Israel hands, you know, mm. and he gives the speech and. But I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care about that because it's supposed to be an office sitcom romantic comedy. Yeah. Like they didn't kill Dwight from the office. Yes. <laughs> like, I know. I saw that. <laughs> that tweet yeah. saying my favorite part of the office was when Dwight <laughs> like dies in Michael's arms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar gets brutally murdered and tells everyone it's actually his fault that all the bad stuff happened. I I just, (sighs) I think I do. So I I'm of two minds about this um, because I have seen people saying that they went too dark. uh, Mm -hmm. And I, the thing is I have trouble agreeing with that because I loved how much they balanced that darkness with dark humor with, yeah, with something that I thought, especially in the first three first three episodes, they had done so well. Of course, now I'm looking back on that and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared to go back and rewatch that knowing what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Right. Because but, um, they yeah. the way they came back from it was so jarring. Well, like they didn't they didn't address it. Right, exactly. They did though. They but that's a, so that's okay. The thing. They they addressed the traumies and didn't address the traumers. Like, <laughs> do you do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I know that's stupid, but no, like, no, no. but the the they address the traumatized, but not the traumatizer. There, I guess there you go. Oh, those, um, oh, there's actual words. There are for words for this. Say. Yes, it's they exist. It's fine. I'm very happy to provide them. But I, I think so. I think what. What I come down to, and this is like something that's been discussed on Twitter again, but I I remember, I think I said this to you, but like Izzy's arc without like narrative justification for it happening Mm -hmm. is just disability porn. Yeah. Um, That's honestly the only way that I can describe it. Because if you're going to do all of those things to a character, right, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we can go on and on and on, but let's just talk about the amputation for now, right? Like caused by his spouse shooting him, Uh right? Um, 
that in and of itself, if you're going to give somebody like a character that narrative arc, like only to kill them in the end and have them apologize to the person who shot them, mm-hmm. like that's what what are you even doing? So, so I have a thing about stories because people sometimes try to go, oh well, sometimes you just die, right? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Of course you do. And I feel like some of that is the like games of Game of Thronesification of like, oh, let's shock him by we're in the middle of this story arc and he's he was killed, so none of that matters now. Yes, but Katie, that is a genre in and of itself. It's called grimdark. That's oh, a thing. Well. Like that is a thing. That is a genre of storytelling mm-hmm. where like shit happens and I'm just gonna let it happen to these characters and I'm going to torture them as much as possible. Some people love right. that kind of storytelling. I do mm-hmm. not. I don't seek right. it out. Game of Thrones. I watched Game of Thrones because it was a thing at the time, but yeah. there, I yeah. had to take a break. I'm also uh-huh. thinking about Breaking Bad, which is that kind of storytelling oh, okay. as well. I've never seen it. So Breaking Bad, uh, there was a point where I, I, I stopped watching because I was like, this is mm-hmm. too much now for me. Like, I can't take it. Um, But that's the thing. Like, once you realize, once you... like. You know what you're signing up for usually mm-hmm. when you watch Grimdark, right? Because it's announced right. very early in the storytelling style. Right. But like you were saying, this story was a was a rom-com. Well, and that's the thing. So so like Ned Stark had plot armor. And you're like, yeah, okay, they're going to they're going to kill people, but not the main character, and then they killed the main character. Mm-hmm. And that was like it turned everything on its head. That was just the most shocking thing that could ever happen, right? But do you know that George R. R. Martin now doesn't know how to end his books because he's like, crap, I need it. The only person who can solve this conflict is Ned Stark and I killed him <laughs> off in the first book. <laughs> Which I think like says so much about this style of storytelling. Yes. But I'm right, just going right. to leave it at that. So, so but what I want to say is like, yes, there are those stories where people just die. But like I and I don't even know how to make this point. I, it's in my head and I don't know how to like vocalize it. But like people who criticize Harry Potter for like well, for a lot of things for yes. J.K. Rowling yeah, being yeah. awful, but uh, we all know the story of Harry Potter for the most part. So people who criticize Harry Potter is like everything happened so easily, he was so lucky. You know, all of these ha- things happened in a series of luck and like he didn't really have much skill and i'm like well yeah but that's why they told the story Mm -hmm. like they didn't tell the story of the kid who got killed halfway through it because then there wouldn't be a story like there's a hero's journey and Mm -hmm. there's a reason for things happening and there's you know there's the beginning and then they have the mentor (laughs) father figure and the father they have a tragedy where usually like the father figure dies or they fall down or they get, you know, and they stumble and they have to get back up and then they have to, you know, have reclamation and then they defeat the baddies and then they, then they have their, you know, journey into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, an, that's the story. Like, and you can say, yeah, you could just die randomly by slipping on a banana peel after right when you're getting ready to go into the sunset but like that's not the story (laughs) like that's not how you tell stories that's not the hero's journey and like it just (sighs) if i may yeah go ahead the thing is in life when somebody is taken before their time we say 
they were taken before their time. They mm -hmm. died too soon, right? We yeah. say those things. Uh, I've heard them. I've said yeah. them. I've, you know, seen them in eulogies. It's, it's, it's a thing that we do because we feel that their stories on earth were not completed. Now, it's a, not everybody gets that luck of being able to complete their earthly story, right? Mm -hmm. Or the, the story mm -hmm. that they set out to complete here. Um, and that is a part of like real life. But the thing is, like, when you're writing a narrative, you're not writing a biography. You know what I mean? Like, you're not mm -hmm. writing the biography of Israel Hands, 17-year-old pirate who pirated along with Blackbeard. Mm -hmm. This is not the story that they were setting out to tell. This is a story right. where Buttons turns into a bird. And you're telling right. me now that we need to be realistic about who dies. Right. It's just, it's, it's the, again, it comes back to the inconsistencies in the storytelling mm -hmm. style that I find really hard to reckon with. Because if you were going to kill off Izzy, if you knew that this is something that you wanted to do from the beginning, I could have bought it, you know, mm -hmm. like I could have gone along with it. I was having a conversation on Twitter with somebody who said that it sort of sounds like maybe they were also going for the uh, retiring gunslinger trope or, or, or something like that. And it's basically mm -hmm. when uh, an outcast of the community just cannot fit in, is having a lot of trouble, and the they find themselves in a situation where in order to save the community, they need to sacrifice themselves. Um, And so knowing that they will never be able to fit in, but still loving the community, they decide to sacrifice themselves for the good of that community. Now, the thing is, for that trope to work, the audience has to agree <laughs> that like this is basically that mm -hmm. person's only way of showing love mm -hmm. for that community because like they just cannot fit in otherwise. Uh, right. We see that a lot in Westerns, for example. Um, yeah. And, and it, it's not unproblematic, right? When you think about it, like it's really right. not unproblematic. There is a lot of things to talk about in that, especially when it comes to Westerns as a style, as a genre in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. keeping that in mind, that is not what we saw for Izzy in this season, in season two. We right. saw him fitting in. Right. We saw him feeling loved. We saw him loving other people. And so mm -hmm. that's really not... And he didn't also, like, sacrifice himself. Like, this... He was targeted specifically because of... Of, <sighs> of his prosthetic. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if they had really wanted to kill off Izzy, what they should have done mm -hmm. is tell the story differently. So instead yeah. of making him a martyr and an abused, a, a domestic abuse, domestic violence victim, yeah. um, what they maybe should have done is to kind of show him like aiding and abetting Ed in his like uh, yeah. abuse of the crew, right? They should have shown uh -huh, him yeah. like helping him and doing that. And then like when this all ends, like showing him being an outcast and how he can't, he just cannot fit in with the rest of the crew. And then yeah. at the end, in an act of actual sacrifice, mm -hmm, say, mm -hmm. you guys go, I will stay. 
Right. I feel like that would have had so much more weight. And yes. it, it, even Izzy fans could have stood behind it to a certain oh, degree. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I would have bought that story. I would have been like, oh, yeah, that sounds like my grumpy little rat man. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's not the story that's told. Yeah. You were loving him in season one when he wasn't as redeemable. Yes. And he hadn't gone through this journey. And it was like, yeah, we can love characters that are awful. I love Soldier Boy and he's awful in the boys. Like, It's okay to like, to like antagonists, you know? Like, right. It's, it's totally right. And okay. people love Calico Jack. And yes, I love jackass. him too. Like, <laughs> he's such a jackass. That is why I love him. But keep in mind, like, it's not that I admire the character, right? It's that mm-hmm. I enjoy the character because, like, yeah. they represent something that I I am not in a way, right? Like, I, anyway, right. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know really how to explain it, but I, I love Calico Jack. I love yeah. Izzy in season one. Yeah, but the arc that they gave him, and we've talked about all season, so I don't feel like we need to define it. Mm. Um, is one of a queer coded person. If yeah. if everyone in this show was straight he would be the queer coded one like he would still be you know, queer coded yeah i agree right or if ever, everyone was queer and he was still the queer coded one because he was the one who didn't fit in he was the one who had to tackle that homophobia he couldn't say i'm in love with you or i love you he had to say i have love for you which could have been from fear of what ed would do m- more than of himself mm-hmm. um and i think it's important when he told steed he said you know when i told him i loved him he wasn't like when i told him i had love for him like you mm. know uh. well so okay so to come back to the the negative queer tropes cuz you said that this wasn't queer baiting which i completely agree with you another right. big one that has been very very discussed is is it or is it not barrier gays and mm-hmm. i like my person and this is not like prescriptive I'm not saying that everybody has to agree with me, but the way that I understand it is that while it is not barrier gaze as we understand it, right? Like, because we understand barrier gaze in a very specific way, Uh it feels very similar because of how, because of, of the timing of when Izzy is killed. So like, um, the thing is that barrier gay is kind of notorious for like killing a character after they've self-actualized like mostly through coming out or a love declaration and then they're Mm going to be killed right like that's right that's classic barrier gaze um here izzy's self-actualization comes through drag Mm -hmm. in part right it comes through drag it comes through accepting um the prosthesis from the crew so accepting mm-hmm. community support accepting that he is disabled and now needs his community in order to survive mm-hmm. um you know letting go of his own ableists belie- ableist beliefs that you know you live alone you die alone um and, and i've w- seen lots of um screenshots of him like physically leaning against members yep. of the crew like fang and mm-hmm. alawande and stuff like that Literal um, community support. Literally leaning on his community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he is killed right after he self-actualizes through these things is why, to me, it feels very much like bury your gaze, bury your cripple, etc. Mm-hmm. Because it mm-hmm. happens right as or like right after a really important self-actualizing moment. So right. 
anybody who felt similar feelings to other franchises where you felt either queer baited or, you know, like you, you had seen a negative queer trope, it's because it feels so similar to it. it yeah. It, it's it's got the same construction, but it's a different breed. Like there is no word to really explain what this was. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a hermeneutic injustice there because we don't have words to describe our experience here. But yeah, that's that's what yeah, this is. I... <sighs> yeah. So I need to find the article real quick. I have a screenshot because it's when. Jenkins said, okay, here goes. He said something about, they were talking about killing Izzy. And he literally says, like, these characters deserve to have a happy ending. Like, in the answer to his question. And we're like, what? why didn't that include Izzy then? Like, hmm. yeah. And I need to find the article because okay. it's really ridiculous. I uh. that screenshot. I'm also thinking about the article that just came out today. Is there um, another one? I think I, I think I sent it to you. Oh. Oh. The one from Gizmodo from io9. Oh yeah, that was so good. Yeah, what I what I thought was interesting is how so the the author of that article, the io9 article, who is Len Codega, they had just written an like or just published an interview with with David Jenkins like the day of the finale airing mm. and it was basically like a conversation that they had with David Jenkins like after they had seen the finale and David Jenkins opened the interview by saying are you mad at me and Ooh. and then Lynn responded something like i'm i'm not mad i'm disappointed i'm sad at you mm. and the line in the article is this he said was worse and I'm like, yeah, there you go. Like, be faced yeah. with the natural consequences of your actions. Like, be faced with people's disappointment. And right. it's like, you know, and that's kind of bringing up another thing that I've been really kind of bitter about. It's like the reaction to this. So, like, we we carry supernatural trauma. <laughs> mm -hmm. We know mm -hmm. what it's like after a finale when nobody says anything. We know yes. what that's about. And, of course, there's the SAG-AFTRA um, strike and so like actors can't really say anything about this and so I'm definitely not talking about that however you know this would have been the moment for David Jenkins to kind of like collect his flowers right like to retweet right. a bunch of like like threads and and artwork about how much they love the how much fans love the finale which is what he had been doing like up until that day and then basically mm. nothing mm -hmm. until we got the faded tweet that says for what it's worth there's no version of this story that exists without izzy hands for which he disabled comments mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then again the only tweet that he liked for like a bunch of for a couple of days after was something about how if buttons can turn into a bird then izzy can come back yeah and it's like so you're telling me that you put us through this for nothing right so right i i'm not happy about that and no. and i'm i'm unhappy with frankly other people in the fandom that are like you didn't see the bird land on his grave media literacy is dead and it's like no okay no you don't get to throw that in there after everything you did to us in this episode 
Hmm. And and be like, oh, ho, ho, he's coming back. No, no. No. You don't get after the after the death monologue that he delivered after like that doesn't make everything better. It doesn't make it right. Like yeah. him him being killed because his golden foot was shown. Yeah. And that's what gave them away. And Steed saying it's only suicide if we die. And then the only And Izzy yeah. The only person who died was Izzy, who had tried to commit suicide, who has a visible scar from when he tried to commit suicide. Mm. Like, that doesn't make that go away if you resurrect him through Button's bird necromancy. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know what. <sighs> yeah, no, exactly. So because it, 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 then it says one of two things: either that you did this not really expecting people to be this upset about it, and so mm -hmm. now you're backtracking because you're realizing that like the people that you weren't actually writing for are the people who are keeping your show afloat. Right. Which is, again, something very, very similar to the supernatural trauma that you and I both carry. Mm -hmm. um, and or actually, uh, the, the other option is that you had this planned all along and you didn't really care about hurting us and you misjudged how much it would hurt us. Right. Uh, I can't find the article, but mm. Basically, he was asked about Izzy and he's like, oh, I love Izzy. And he said, we always knew that the last uh, episode was going to have a funeral and a wedding. Because funerals bring people together. Oh, yes. And we want them to be a family and we want everyone deserves to have a happy ending. <sighs> So in the question, he's asked about is he dying, and that was his answer that everyone deserved to have a happy ending. Oh, why is is he not counted in that? Oh, There's yeah. so many things to unpack in that one quote because, like, first mm. of all, like, and I am paraphrasing, so don't. Yeah, yeah, funerals and weddings do not always bring families together. Like, I don't <laughs> no. just like as a first off, like. I, I don't even know where to start, like how fucked up that is. I, I have a friend who actually saw that quote and was terribly shocked by it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and they haven't even watched the season, season two yet. They just saw that and they were like, that is the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You know how many times the last time I saw a family member was at the funeral of the person that kept us all together? Mm. Like, a grandma or something where every year we'd go to grandma's house. Well, grandma's not around anymore. So we just don't see each other. Mm. Like, so how exactly do funerals keep people together? Okay. Yeah. Listen, I, uh, I am. Um, and also just the fact that like some families just don't get along. Like right. the day that either of my grandparents on my dad's side pass and I'm, you know, knocking on wood that it's not for mm -hmm. a, a long time. Like, right. It will not be an event that will strengthen our family like yeah, at all. Yeah. It is going to tear us apart even more than it than like we already are. Mm -hmm. Like in a way that I know that some people who still talk to each other will no longer speak to each other after. Right. Like I know that yeah. I'm expect that is the expectations that I'm going in with, right? And mm -hmm. it's like how and, you know, of, uh, of course, they can't really assume like or, or, or but it just feels like such an ignorant thing to say. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just. Right. 
and to to use and then to say that like Izzy, who again is like a disabled queer coded like you know uh, suicidal character that his funeral will bring people together like that is literally what suicidal people tell themselves all the time like i just it's like so i don't know like i don't even know how to express how awful that messaging is yes and i don't i just i don't know i don't get it and you know it's it's harsh but it feels like what they're telling me is that only the pretty unbroken queer people get to have a happy Mm. ending yeah and yes, okay, Lucius is missing a finger and Spanish Jackie is missing a hand. So, you know, he was not the only disabled person there, but he is the only person we saw get disabled and it clearly, we saw Lucius get disabled, but it clearly impacted him. He had to go through an arc and a journey and and it was very dark and it was very beautiful to see. And I thought it was handled very well. Mm-hmm. until it wasn't and the thing because i've seen so much discourse about disability like and and what i will ask folks is to kind of remember that like disability and the disab- and people who are disabled like what we call quote unquote the disability community is so incredibly there are such big differences within this community right like i mm-hmm. i I am a disabled person. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my experience is not that of like a leg amputee. Right. And I think that to claim otherwise and to say that, well, my experience as a disabled person gives mm-hmm. me authority to talk. It does not. Right. Like my right. experience as a disabled person gives me authority to speak about the kind of disability that I have, which is right. post-traumatic stress disorder migraines and you know anything else that right. i have right so i right, will speak right. about that from a place of of experience but i can't speak about what it's like to be an amputee what the relationship to the prosthesis right like i mm-hmm. don't know about those things and so i need to defer to people with that experience and so kind of the same way again like I I think, again, I'm saying this, but I don't know because I'm not an expert, but I think that losing any kind of limb, whether it's a finger or a leg, impacts your life greatly. But I think we can all agree that losing a leg for a pirate definitely impacts their life more Mm -hmm. than losing a finger, right? And and so it's not the Olympics of suffering. It's not the Olympics of disability. Like nobody wins a medal in this, but like, I think it's just like being realistic like realistic but also upfront about Mm -hmm. the differences in this community which we call a community which is problematic to begin with right right can we talk about his monologue as he died yeah we can have it pulled up yeah sure go ahead have you heard have you seen it or heard i've i've read it okay so he starts off you know he he starts off saying, sit with me, Eddie, which it was noted on Twitter that he has only called him Eddie twice. And one was when he was about to commit suicide. And the other was when he's accepting that he's dying. Mm. So interesting. And he apologizes to him. He said, Ed, I'm sorry. And, uh, he said, I've been terrible to you. And, 
uh, Blackbeard says, no, I'm sorry. Okay, so he said, I fed your darkness, Blackbeard. For years I egged him on even though I knew you'd outgrown him. But the truth is, I needed him. Blackbeard, it was us. You, me. But you're good now. You're ready. Uh, And then Blackbeard says, you can't go. You can't leave me. He says, I want to go. And Ed says, no, please, you're my only family. And he says, Ed, you're surrounded by family. They love you, Ed. Just be Ed. (sighs) (laughs) I have like no words about that because it's, it's, again, I feel like we are being told i i first off i genuinely dissociated when you started reading like i was not listening i'm so sorry it's not that i'm not listening to you but i completely dissociated like i i was hearing your voice but not the words but what i will say is that again we're being told things that we have not been showed and so right it's not earned you know like right i mean like (sighs) if you want to say the thing is, is that if you deleted season one or season two, episodes one through seven, and you only watched, you watched the entire first season, and then you skipped to the season two finale, mm. and you skipped his, his, I mean, I guess, so I'm trying to think of events that happened if he was like, you know, loved, beloved by the crew, and he really wasn't. Um. He gave that speech, which, you know, whatever you want to think of that is if if you had not seen anything in season two Mm -hmm. and that's the first thing you saw what you know, you'd be like, oh, is he's giving a weird speech, but whatever. Yeah. And you just watch the finale. You'd go, oh, okay, Yeah. You'd listen to that monologue and go, yeah, you fed the darkness in him. But. (sighs) He went on a journey that I guess Ed didn't participate in other than being the catalyst for a lot of it. Right. Ed wasn't there to pick him back up. That was the crew. So from Ed's perspective, maybe this all makes sense, but from Izzy's perspective, I mean, I guess, are we saying he's not introspective at all? Like he's still, he hasn't seen and recognized his growth and change. Like, I'm just trying to understand the creators of this and and why they did what they did. Well, I mean, it's I'm trying to be extremely fair. I mean, on I mean, David Jenkins told us what he was trying to do. Right. He said, like, Mm -hmm. I he was trying to free Ed because he said that, like, so long as Izzy was around, Ed would never be free, which sounds an awful lot like the whole, like, Dean could never live without Sam, but Sam could live without Dean kind of thing, right? <laughs> right. Like, which I always hated. Yeah. And to this day, will argue against. Uh-huh. And I'm arguing against that as well. Like, I mean, this, we've seen so many people just, like, offer alternate endings where, like, Izzy captains the revenge yes. leaves or even his first mate to Frenchie for fuck's sakes. Like I'm uh, sure he would have yeah. loved that. And then the, it's like, the, I'm always number two. Uh, I don't want to be number one. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's, yeah. I mean, you know, of course, of course he would love that. Um, move it. Oh, 
One of my, <laughs> my I was like, oh, one of my favorite ships too, Frenchie and Izzy. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think I, I tweeted out because I was like, all right, thinking back in season one when he started to captain the ship and he says, this is Izzy's revenge. And historically, Izzy Hands captained the adventure. You said Blackbeard gave him the ship to captain. How cool would it be that so he was immediately mutinied when he mm-hmm. was doing Izzy's Revenge at yeah. the end of season one. <laughs> but so how cool would it be that this crew who named him the unicorn, mm. the spirit voted, of the ship, the spirit of the ship voted to have him be captain. Yeah. So he didn't die. He wasn't injured or even if he was, he recovered. And when they had a vote for who was going to be captain, because that's how they do it. He was voted as captain and he looks kind of shocked and they're like, so is it going to be Izzy's revenge now? And he's like, actually, no, go ahead and raise those sails. It'll be Izzy's adventure. Mm. And they sail off. Like, how cool would that be? And it's such a good way also because they've been so good, like so far at like weaving fact and fiction. Like that would have been such a cool moment, I find. Yeah. To like put that together. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And and then you still have like Ed and Steed kind of like, you know, doing their inn or their antiques or whatever they right. want to do on land, like mm-hmm. living their life. But then Izzy would have gotten to live and, and the, the effect would have been the same, you know, where like Ed is like, oh, Izzy, like, why don't you stay with us to like recuperate right. or whatever? And then he's like, no, like, I need to let you go because blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, you, they could have still had that talk. Yeah. I bring out the Blackbeard was us and I I bring out the darkness in you and we're not good together. Like, I truly don't believe David Jenkins saying that there's no version of this show without Izzy. I truly believe that he, I think this is like you said. He's he's backpedaling. That's what it is. That's what it looks like. Right. It's because um, why would you do that so definitively when you could just put him somewhere else or mm -hmm. like, it's so ridiculous. And, and we've had a lot of death fake outs on this show, right? Yeah. Um, he's buried in the ground. Yeah. It's not like they pitched him overboard. It's not like they, like he's yeah. in the ground. They didn't keep him like, on board of the, sh- of the ship. Like yeah. his body, you know, just covered with a blanket. You know what I mean? Like this is, yeah. like, it's, it is very definitive in a way that we haven't really seen a death of somebody that we loved be definitive, right? Like there was right. a question about Lucius. There was... Definitely a question about Ed. I mean, or they were trying to put a question about Ed, even though obviously they're not going to kill one of the leads. But that was right. kind of the well, thing, right? Like, they're not going to kill one of the leads. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sorry. I understand. I completely understand that the main love story is Steed and Ed. And ultimately, Izzy does get in the way of that. Like, but do you remember that we talked about this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, the only reason or the only way that it does is if you really look at it through a, a, a like a hetero, a, like a, a normative lens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you don't look at it through polyamory or if you don't look at it as like, because it, I don't I don't actually believe that. I don't believe that Izzy truly gets in the way of of right, them being together. Right, right. You know what I mean? Well, like, but he's clearly looking at it into a heteronormative lens because I mean, clearly he killed him. yes absolutely i and thinking back to the article where david jenkins gave an interview saying um that the three of them their fates are tied together yeah or something i'm paraphrasing but basically that the and it's like (sighs) a love triangle he called it yeah and before calling him daddy 
Right. But it's like, their fates are tied together. No, they're alive and he's buried in their front yard. Mm -hmm. Like, if that's how, if like that's a how dog. you characterize it. Oh, God. <laughs> like a dog. No, but like, let's call it what it is. Like, this is, yeah. this is also a show that has given us a really important significance to doggy heaven, right? And of course, mm -hmm. like, that's when I'm saying that, like, my own situation probably know, doesn't yeah. help. But like, we've also had, like, this idea that, like, pets are people we love. Right. They buried him in their yard like a dog. <sighs> mm-hmm. And I just have to mention, um, again, I'm an able-bodied person. I have no room to speak on it, but I have seen actual disabled people um, talk about how you treat a prosthesis like you would the limb. And so you wouldn't use a grave marker of of the person's leg. So you're not going to use their prosthetic leg as a grave marker. Mm -hmm. I don't know how offensive it is. You know, I, I've been told it's extremely offensive. If if it stayed within its genre of sitcom of of romantic comedy, are we willing to give it a pass? Are are disabled people asked every day to give their the humor used against them as a pass? Yes, hmm. but it it just kind of proves to me that they didn't run this script by anyone disabled. At least, certainly not by an amputee. Um, yeah. Again, because I think that like. So my first reaction to this, and I, I'm going to be very honest about this and then say what I think now. My mm -hmm. first reaction was like, well, I can totally see that like in, in this kind of show that they would have just thought that it was funny, right? The same way right. that we thought mm -hmm. that like the hand goes where you think is funny. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Now, of course, I'm rethinking that. And now I'm all, and, and I'm also thinking like, but at the same time, like, is it? actually funny like is this and 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 so like i said earlier like i'm choosing to follow the lead of the people who actually have like different types of prosthesis and who say that like yeah. this is not this is not okay and i'm i'm right. i think that like as people who do not have this kind of of physical disability like it's really important that we listen to the people who do um, the same way that like, I think it's really important for straight people to listen to queer people, for white people to listen sure. to people of color, to black people, to indigenous people. Mm -hmm. But that's clearly not what happened here. Right. Uh, did you ever watch the show Arrested Development? I did. Yes. Okay. So anytime I think about amputees and humor, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have to think about that show because <laughs> they use it a lot. Right. And we're laughing because they were very like irreverent very irreverent exactly yes. irreverent with their jokes because not only did jay walter weatherman you know this very secondary this very tertiary character continually use his prosthesis <laughs> to like scare the children um then one of their more main characters actually lost a hand so there was a lot of prosthetic jokes and a lot of amputee jokes yeah. and stuff like that in that show and I wonder I wonder what the reaction is in the disability community and the amputee community is for that show. If I may. And yeah. again like I, as we know I'm not, I'm not an amputee. However, what yeah. I will say is that there's a difference of genre also. Mm. And a different of a difference in the approach. Mm -hmm. Because arrested development I think they took a stab at 
everybody and they never yeah, claimed yeah. to be a kind show oh that's right? a big one too yeah like they never claimed that like that most of their characters are despicable let's be very yeah. honest <laughs> especially the main character like my favorite mm-hmm. character was job <laughs> which i guess makes yeah. sense as to why i love cj so much but like <laughs> but like they did some stuff that was like truly very questionable yes. yeah in so many ways but the thing is like that was the show and so i'm more likely to just be like oh well no matter how you look at it you can just be like well that's what they do or you can just say like they're awful with everybody but like this show that we're watching now our flag means death like prided itself and attracted viewers by saying that they wouldn't replicate the harmful tropes that people were tired of Mm mm-hmm and they talked about being a kind show. Mm-hmm. Again, specifically. It's, it's about expectations. They yeah. set those expectations so that when we saw cruelty, we were like, yeah. oh, it must be a joke, right? Okay, we're right. laughing. But then it got more and more cruel. And then we were like, but we're no, we're no, longer, we're no longer laughing now. Like, this uh-huh. is not funny. Yeah. But so, but if you also think like they didn't really, they didn't play any of, his amputation for humor that's and true. they actually the grave marker wasn't played for humor either like they it seems like they were like well look at this tribute like and and it's like it's a quibble where an apt could be like if i may if hmm. i may speak up like don't use his leg <laughs> you know yeah. like just don't do that yeah, exactly. Like they they made a joke like, "Oh, your horsey leg." I'm surprised you could do yes, that on your horsey, horsey leg. leg, you know. Yeah. But that's as far as they went as far as like demeaning him or or poking fun at him or making a joke mm-hmm. about his prosthesis. Right. And even yeah. I find even there and this isn't me trying to to defend the writing at this point in any way like I've been doing it this entire time. I'm not doing it anymore if I may quote right. the show. Um, like even when they did that, they did it in such a way that like it was Steed being so angry where he knew he was taking a low blow. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like, oh, Steed is, is, it's Steed being mean. Like they were doing this knowingly. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. the show making fun of Izzy. It was Steed trying to take a stab at him, uh, knowing that it was not a nice thing to do. And so that right. was like what was going on. Right. Or at least that's how I would have explained it back then. Mm-hmm. Or that's how I, I explained it away back then. Hand waved it like I did so right. much this season. <sighs> I feel so stupid, honestly. Uh, I feel really stupid. Because uh, remember in season one how like I was distrusting the show at the beginning? I was like, mm-hmm. no, but like, is this, is this, this is weird. Like what? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I I really honestly, like, I don't know where to go from here. Well, um, you write a bunch of fanfic where he's his daddy. Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so befuddled by it and I don't know how it got so bad. (laughs) Like, how did, how did we get here? Hmm. like how did we get from ed introducing i'm the devil and these are the kids (laughs) 
never Izzy was introduced one of the kids. your dad as one of the kids. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I just but there I think I think what we keep coming back to is that the my main of course like my main issue with the narrative is Izzy dying in the way that he did for the reasons that he did with the arc that he had before right like it's a contextual mm-hmm. thing I could have been on board with a different kind of 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 death for him right um but What it comes down to is that the reason why I was expecting him not to die or -hmm. at least to have a happy ending is because I was made a promise Mm -hmm. by the narrative directly in the show and by through paratext, through interviews Mm -hmm. with with Mm -hmm. show creators. And... And it, it and it feels truly like a betrayal. Uh, <laughs> I can hear my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it truly feels like a betrayal, frankly, like from somebody who said that they would never hurt you. You know, like we, you and I yeah. talked about how like it kind of felt <laughs> like the the friends breakup. Yeah, like Ross and Rachel, where Rachel says, like, you know, if I thought, I I never thought that I thought that you of all people would never ever hurt me. But it's just changed everything. Yeah. Forever. And that's kind of how I feel. I made the comparison to you that, you know, Supernatural was like the football player that you dated and like he treated you like crap, but you're okay because <laughs> he was like the most popular guy and he was always really dismissive and you're like, okay. Mm. But then like our flag means death me- feels like the the guy who was just as big of a loser as you were like the art geek mm. who you thought was the same as you and then it turns out he made a bet with his friends mm. <laughs> like if he can sleep with you or not yeah. <laughs> like like i trusted you you were one of us like yeah. i i wasn't you know supernatural always looked down their nose at us like you know yeah we knew there was the expectations were there right like we knew yeah. And and like just to f- kind of like close off this conversation with Supernatural and move on to where I think you want to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like one thing about Supernatural is that cuz cuz people are like, "Oh well, just because you don't like it doesn't make it bad writing." And that's something uh-huh. that has really annoyed me because I'm like, "Well, I also enjoy bad writing. Like do not think right. that I am too hoity-toity to enjoy bad writing." I used to watch The Secret Life of the American Teenager. I can handle bad writing. <laughs> we are Supernatural fans. Do not tell right. me that we don't love bad writing. Excuse me, did your character fight God? Yeah. Mine did. So, like, it's it's not about good or bad writing in terms of, like, I liked it, therefore it was good writing, or I didn't like mm-hmm. it, therefore it was bad. Like, it's it's truly just, like, in terms of looking at promises and expectations... Mm-hmm. So anyway, just wanted to say that because that really bothered me. Well, and also what's really bothering me as a Supernatural fan is that the discourse is now, oh, well, you just didn't like the finale because Izzy died. Yeah, You just didn't get your ship. <laughs> you just didn't get your ship. So that's why Ugh. you hate it. And you're like, no, I have I. I hate it for other reasons that there are other characters that have nothing to do with the ship that I have problems with Mm. uh, how they ended, you know, a lot of it, mainly Ed and Steed and their relationship and how it just all seemed to be 
hand waved away. Mm-hmm. You know, Ed leaving was immediately undone. Him throwing his letters away was immediately undone. Yeah. He just finds them in the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, if it's you could kind of tell ridiculous. the story, you need to change the story. Yeah. It's you, like, yeah. They wrote a story and they could only film the highlight reel. Yeah. Like, I. It's so frustrating. I, I don't know where to, yeah, where no, to go I, from I, here, but, especially yeah. as covering as a podcast who covers <laughs> this show for it to fundamentally change the way I feel about the show yeah, is very frustrating. I'm very sad about it. And mm-hmm. it makes me want to go, okay, never mind. Who cares? Like, but I do care. Like, yeah. I no, care. I do care. Absolutely. And that's kind of the thing, right? Like if we didn't care, we wouldn't be upset. That's kind of right. what people what people don't understand, right? Like it's when people are upset, it's because they care. Nobody is upset about right. stuff they don't care about. <laughs> like, right. Ask me right. my my thoughts about like I don't know kinds of potatoes. Although that's a really bad example because I do care a lot about potatoes. <laughs> but like, ask me my opinion about something I don't care about, and I'm going to be like, I really don't care. And if you give me a controversial right. opinion, I'll be like, I really don't care. Like, <laughs> right. But there's there's a common saying in the supernatural fandom is nobody hates supernatural as much as the supernatural <laughs> fans. That's so true. And I'm afraid that's gonna become the our flag means death fandom too. I mean, nobody <sighs> hates our flag means death as much as an our flag means death is he stan is he stan. <laughs> You know, I find it really hard. I find this really hard to kind of say. I think only time will tell because so yeah. right now I haven't been able to watch to rewatch anything. I don't really right. want to um because I still have like the memories of like the good times. It's kind of mm-hmm. like opening up that you know like your photos app after a breakup. Ooh. Like you don't really want to do that cuz yeah. like you still think about the good times but now you look at photos and like they're all tainted. Um right. I don't really want to find out. Like for now, it's kind of like Schrodinger's show where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I can, there's, there's two universes. There's two versions of this. Right. (laughs) And I'm just like, I, (sighs) yeah, I don't know because there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but there's so much good in that show, right? Like there's so much cool stuff that happens. Like there's so many cool characters that I adore, Maybe this is just one of those shows that we have to finish earlier. Like you just don't watch the last, the final, Mm -hmm. like maybe the Calypso birth, Calypso's birthday is the final episode. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like maybe that's how I have to look at it from now on because all everything up until then, like I was pretty on board with. Yeah. You have to stop at 1518. Sorry. Yeah. 1518 was a great (laughs) finale. I don't know what people are complaining about. Yeah, Actually, I no, I have qualms with that too, yeah. but oh, like, yeah, but that's not too, a popular stance yeah. to have. So I don't tend to right, talk about right. it, but anyway. Right. <laughs> but at least there was like some, there's the potential to finish it off with fanfic and be happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, I, I will say that you are obviously from the setup, how I was able to watch it and warn you, obviously mm. you were more affected by this. You were more upset by this. And it was kind of interesting about the supernatural finale. Like, like I said, I watched the finale bawled my eyes out because of the events of the finale and then but i was still like okay but we're gonna get there okay we're gonna get this we're gonna get Mm. something we're gonna get something and then at the end i was like "Uh, wait a minute and i remember just i was sitting there just like what what the fuck (laughs) 
you know, and I was just getting more and more steamed. And then I started talking to my friends and we're like, yeah, this is ridiculous. And then I had one friend who was just kind of like, I mean, it was, a, it was whatever. She was like, eh, like, and her reaction was kind of like, oh, so that's what they decided to give to us. Mm. And it was like, that's kind of how kind of how I personally feel. Like if you want to get me like started and we're talking about it and we're like, and another thing and another yeah. thing. But yeah. if you pull me back and say, Hey, you want to watch this show with me now? I'm like, yeah, but it has, I mean, I'll watch it, but I'll just warn you that the, the last episode's disappointing, yeah. but I'll still watch it, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I feel a little bit more like that. Like my friend did about the supernatural finale. It was like, oh, that's the way they decide to go on this? Like, you know? (laughs) Right. So, yeah, instead of like just not being able to watch it at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I, and also like that's, that's kind of what I, I want to get the point that I want to get to because I do enjoy the show. Yeah. And frankly, like the first three episodes, like I said, like we're really, eye-opening for me in terms of like accepting certain things about myself that I hadn't quite accepted and and it makes me so angry (laughs) that it's now wrapped up like within eight episodes with something that like is so fucking hateful frankly like let's call it what it is like Mm -hmm. it felt hateful right like yeah I would have I would have rather they call me a slur. <laughs> like, right. It would right. have been better. Well, wrapped in the flag of aren't we so kind? These <laughs> characters deserve to live. Exactly. Where? Here you go. Like what? <laughs> Such a backhanded thing. Yeah. And it's like, Izzy mattered. What you're telling me when you are asked about Izzy dying and you're like, well, we think they deserve a happy ending. You're telling me that Izzy didn't matter. And but what you showed me throughout the entire season is that Izzy did fucking matter yeah. because you spent so much time on him. Again, what if what we're showed and what we're told are two different things. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 absolutely. Like it's it's actually insane. It's jarring. Like, yeah, it makes you, you're being gaslit and you're just like reading these interviews and you're just like what show did you create cuz that is not what I saw. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. I don't even know. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know where. Yeah, to go. we're just gonna sit here know. staring into the distance. Yeah, like, pretty much. Like this, but that's. <laughs> I feel. I actually feel like Izzy in season one when he's like venting to Spanish Jackie, like, and then Bonnet <laughs> did just this, muttering. <laughs> just like muttering to himself about Steed. <laughs> like that's truly how I feel. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, like, so if you want to add to it, like, you know, people were upset about the pacing and the fact that, like, the the polycule was never, oh, there was yeah. nothing. Oh, can else we talk about, about that? Like, yeah. Because, again, like, if you had asked me, like, are they are they together? I would have been like, well, yeah, they all share a room. Like, yeah, they're always together. Like, you know, I think this is a queer show, like, whatever. And then, and then we're told that Alu and Jim are actually broken up. And I'm like, where was that? Uh-huh. Where was that? I didn't yeah. see that. Did you? Yeah. So Alu's just super chill that Archie and Jim are going at it in their shared room. Like, what? 
I mean, that, oh, so maybe he up. is. That's cool. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. But like, it's it's just like I don't know. It's again, like it feels like give it like what the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like we almost had it, and if you hadn't yeah. said anything about it, like that would have been my my guess. You know, like it's yeah. I don't even understand why he had to make a comment about that. Like right. I'm, I'm, I was totally okay with the polycule, like this idea. And plus like the fact that they all kind of sail off together. I was like, great. Uh huh. And then I'm told that they're broken up and I'm like, since when? Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that he says kind of sounds like he's just like making it up as he goes and not in a good romantic way, the way that Cass and Dean do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's like, oh, so I think I messaged you and said, he's steed. <laughs> David Jenkins is steed where he he's is. just like that's not true yeah no like when someone tries to like gently point out like did you did you notice that you like completely shit all over his this disabled man's arc and he's like no that's not true mm-hmm. and I'm like oh my god <laughs> like is he that obtuse yeah. no he was his father figure they weren't lovers what like <laughs> Yeah, you know, the natural the natural arc of any relationship, you know? Yeah, because he had said jilted lover, yeah. <laughs> Crush to jilted lover to divorcee to father. <laughs> <laughs> the ooh daddy was uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but can we also actually, like, let's talk about this, like, as a closing thing, because we've been talking mm-hmm. for a while now. But, like, yep. I remember watching the first episode and being like, oh, I, I, and I had a fleeting thought. I was, and we did, I don't think we talked about it when we recorded the first episode, but I was like, mm-hmm. I hope this is not foreshadowing because the first scene of the, of the first episode is Steed mm-hmm. killing Izzy in order to be with Ed, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And in his dying breath, he calls him a twat, which yeah. he kind of also does. <laughs> Yeah, he did. <laughs> which, yeah. which honestly was probably the only thing that I liked about that speech is the fact that he dislike not dislike but distrusted yeah. Steed yeah. <laughs> until the bitter yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> which, like, thanks, Izzy. I love you. Be a hater. Yeah. And and I remember thinking, like, when I first watched it, being like, I hope this is not a weird ass foreshadowing thing Mm -hmm. but there was so much to talk about in the first three episodes that it really like it didn't stick with me but then the memory came back not too long ago and I was like oh my god Mm -hmm. I hate them Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I actually hate them when to be clear there were a few things that happened throughout the season that because I trusted the showrunners I just didn't bring up on the podcast Mm. that if I knew then what I do now, yeah. I would have brought it up. Like, like how Izzy stumbled in the Calypso episode when he comes out in drag. Yeah. And like, I, it almost seemed like he was trying to, they were trying to imply that he was like just completely wasted. Mm. And so it made it like, instead of like elegant and beautiful, it made it like clownish. But then he breaks into song and it's elegant and beautiful. And I'm like, oh, okay, no, then I guess they're just highlighting that he's disabled and like he has to lean against Fang to like, you know, stand up again or what, you know, like, and, and it just makes me question that now. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I hate that I have to question that now. Yeah. I, I, same, same, because this was such like a, a good and sacred moment on that show, right? Yeah. Like it was a, a true moment of 
just pure queer joy. Yeah. Pure queer joy. And now it's like, again, we're looking back at it like, mm, but was it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And that's kind of how it feels. We actually, I'm so sorry. I have to mention this because this is mm -hmm. like truly serendipitous, really. But we just, somebody tweeted at us and I'm going to read the tweet. Oh. Because um, we've been a little quiet, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't been feeling up to manning that account. Um, so somebody says, listening to Gentleman Pirate from the beginning, and it's heartbreaking to hear their careful optimism about Our mm. Flag Means Death's message of queer joy. We were afraid to believe the cruelty wouldn't happen again, then reassured that it wouldn't, but then it fucking did anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that is serendipitous, because this whole almost two hours of conversation is like... <laughs> Summed up in 160 us. characters. Yeah. <laughs> They got us. They yeah. fucking got us. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I that's that's what it is. Yeah, we've been had is what it feels like. Yeah. yeah I and don't, is it I a show like worth it. watching? Oh sure. Listen okay, I'm sorry, but we need to talk about this. Yes, go okay. on. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I got I'm, really I'm excited. You. Is it a show worth watching? Well, Here's my question to you, though, and this is something that I saw on Twitter that I think, mm -hmm. like, actually really matters. And it, it, it comes back to our discussion of genre, but, like, who would you recommend this to? Right. Who would you know. recommend this show to? Would you recommend it to somebody who's looking for something light and airy and funny? Not after season two. Would you recommend it to somebody who wants something like grim, dark, like black sails type of thing? I don't think they'd hang in until season two. <laughs> Would you recommend it for somebody who like wants to see like, like queer joy and, and like disability inclusion? Ooh. Oh no, hell no. Not disability inclusion. Absolutely not. Like it, it's, you know, the, the pickings are getting slim. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's like, how do you alienate so many people all at once? Yeah. Well, it's like, if you can triangulate who is going to be Steed and Ed's biggest fan and hate Izzy. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. That's right there. That's, that's, that's what it is. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's the thing. And we've been talking about this too. Like as much as this has been event fest, like we love this show and we yeah. genuinely do. Like we don't want to not be talking about it. Like there are some things that are so genuinely amazing. Like the fact that there's like an indigenous lead like that mm -hmm. is messed up that it's one of the first times that we see that on a mainstream show you know what i mean like it's mm -hmm. it's like there's a need to to i don't want to say there's a need to support it because i feel like that's not like nobody ha is owed oh, yeah, anything yeah. in that sense sure. right but like i really badly want to love it and want to want to be there for it but I, I have concerns, you know, like, I'm like, but hold on. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to keep this in, but like, I'm kind of angry at the show for making the indigenous lead character, the abuser in this season, because like it, yeah, it played into some really stereotype, you know, like, cause I asked you like, why did they accuse Izzy of being racist? And you said it's because he egged on the darkness in Ed 
assuming that he's indigenous and like, well, so yeah, so that's going back to some of our conversations in season one that I thought was like, no longer important, like not, not relevant because that's not actually what's going on where we had talked. Do you remember when we talked about how it felt very much like beauty and the beast ish where with Ed and Uh Steed. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, yeah, but I just don't really love the association of Ed with the beast, you know, like, and and so I, I, I was concerned about that. Uh, and then everybody was kind of, or like, it felt like everybody around in, in the fandom that I was around was like, oh no, but it's fine. It's not that kind of show. Like, it's not that kind of show. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll trust it. You know, like they know what they're doing. Um, and, and, and so like what we had talked about with Izzy, like, like the way that I perceived his racism was that he was egging him on, uh, and again, like loving only the brutal part of him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and and that and the violent part of him which is a stereotype of uh black and indigenous men particularly mm-hmm. um and so i i that was something that i did not particularly love and and it's also something that is uh like criticized like there's conversation to be had about it i think mm-hmm But yeah, like it's, it's, it's the thing is like, again, if you're going to be talking about this and the thing is like, there is a conversation to be had about the way that trauma, particularly intergenerational trauma due to colonization is manifesting itself in indigenous communities Mm -hmm. and in indigenous individuals. Um, But I don't think that that conversation was had at all yeah. in season two like it was you know, had a little bit in season one through mm-hmm. his father um the the story of his father but it wasn't and the thing mm-hmm. is like once you have realized that you know you are repro- reproducing patterns that you have learned that you now know are toxic or are destructive mm-hmm. to yourself and to the people around you it is now your responsibility to take measures in order to change and this show, this season was so much about change mm-hmm. that like there would have been an opportunity, I think, to have a really important conversation about that. A conversation right. that like I shouldn't be leading. You know what I mean? Like this is not my place Ooh, yeah, to be talking yeah. about this. Um, but that's kind of like what I'm observing as somebody who is like on the very outskirts of knowing a little tiny bit about this. So it felt like in the first season that they handled it deftly. But now Mm. recontextualizing that it's like, maybe they weren't aware they were handling it and they just managed to stumble into handling, handling it. Okay. What it reminds me of is, you know how people who are like, well, I don't see color and that's just as bad. (laughs) You know, like I don't see color. I don't see disabled people i just see people and you're like that's just as bad because you need to take in the context of of everything that's gone before like Mm -hmm. you need to think about that those things and what kind of tropes you're putting on these people and and yeah yeah he's the lead so you're going to give him this to do but like think about that in the concept of of them being of him being indigenous, like, uh, and also I like, think that they're in a particularly difficult position. And again, like this is in me defending. However, we have to state the fact that there are so few openly indigenous characters, mm-hmm. particularly in the mainstream, that like it's really tough to write 
those characters because like there are so many expectations right like it's difficult mm -hmm. to do kind of like I, and i'm gonna talk about the things that i know which is like supernatural in this particular right, case right. but like for the first few seasons there were so few black people on screen and that the the only mm -hmm. black people we did see were villains that it was like well yeah. you know like the issue isn't that you're making a black person a villain there are you know black characters who can be villains like that is not what sure. we're saying that they should all be like protagonists or like helpful or, or good or whatever but mm -hmm. like have other representation as well like other right. other black characters like black characters that we see in a good light in a bad light because there's a a, a multiplicity of experience in the black community that was just mm -hmm. not represented on screen and that's kind of the reality for indigenous people as well like just right in in media in general where like a lot of the stories that we hear are stories that are told by people who are not indigenous about indigenous people and that in and of itself is like an issue but right and so when you have one indigenous character it's going to be hard to like because they're an individual who is supposed to be well-rounded mm -hmm. and and flawed also in many ways because yeah so it's it's tough it's tough well like to be fair when you think about disability representation we can't discount prince ricky is physically disabled with a prosthetic nose and uh but that doesn't keep a, him from doing his job right well, in the right, way that exactly. it would is he yes like i'm just saying that that yeah. there was there was someone with a prosthesis that was the villain and then there's someone who's mm. a hero then there's someone who's a sometimes antagonist like spanish jackie you know like yeah there was just there was representation of various amputees basically mm in the show but the one we saw crawling on the ground yeah, saying you live no, alone you die is, alone who yeah. got who got reclaimed by his community who got lifted up who was named the spirit of the ship yeah who self-actualized like who we who saw self we saw this happening right like that was part of the journey yeah. that we went through with yeah. him uh and it doesn't have to just be about Steed and Ed. Like, you made us... I didn't like Izzy in season one. Like, sure, he was a great villain. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to strangle him. And I wanted Steed and Ed... Well, yeah, well, yeah, right. But, like, I would have been okay if they threw him overboard. If they managed to throw him overboard in season one, I'd be like, eh, well, there you go. That's what you get. <laughs> but but I, they yeah. made me love him. They yeah. gave him that story. Like, why would you give him Levy and Rose to sing? Why would you have him dress in drag? Why would you have him... The crew at that point, especially the crew that wasn't with him with Blackbeard, why would they give a fuck about Izzy to make him a leg? Unless the uh, the other crew was like, no, seriously, he's been through some shit. Mm. Uh, and, and them making him that leg led to their healing. And led to them coming back together as a fully formed crew. Yeah. And then we saw him just existing in the crew. And sure, was he surly and grumpy and crappy and whatever? Sure. He was sitting there whittling, calling Lucius twatty, you know, like, sure. <laughs> I loved that but he him. was. I did too, but he was still part of the community. He was still there. Yeah, he was there. And they, they weren't like sneering at him going, get out of here. Why are you even here? Blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. You know, like, yeah. I just... No, no, I, I completely agree with you. 
It's I um, don't get why he was so easily dismissed. And they're like, oh no, we made him we made the crew love him, so it was that much more tragic when he died. Well, guess what? No one cried at his funeral. Roach flipped off his prosthetic leg, like <sighs> out of love. Because I and I can really tell the way Samba tried to play it was like giving you the finger for old time's sake. And yeah. like he like did a sad little smile, but I still think it was shitty. That they told him to do that, that he was directed to do that. And then when Ed buried him, I get the line. He said, well, that's that, you know, like it's he's belying his true emotion. He's Mm -hmm. like, well, on to the next. Like, let's let's stop having such an emotional time here where no one's crying. Um, But like, it's still so dismissive. Like, it's still Mm. just like, is that what he deserved? He deserved for his leg to get passed around for Roach to flip it off. And then Ed to say, well, that's that then like, what? Like, (sighs) no, I it's yeah. it (laughs) It's frustrating for them to, for us to be shown that Izzy didn't matter for us when we were shown. That he when did. we were shown the entire time that he did. Yeah. And also, like, I think that there's something like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just, uh, it's, there's something, something that we haven't really talked about, which is like, I don't know. I, I don't even know how it relates, but to me, it kind of relates, but like, Izzy is an elder, like older queer person, which like mm-hmm. we know we don't have a lot of those, especially queer men. Um, we know that in the 80s and 90s, there was the AIDS epidemic um, mm-hmm. that through the inaction of very many governments in the world killed m- millions mm-hmm. of, of queer men. And women too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like a missing generation of queer folks. Like we don't. Oh, this is what's going to get me. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have elders. You know what I mean? Like we don't yeah. really have that many older queer folks to show us what it looks like to be happy when you're older as a queer person. Right. right. And like we got like a taste of it. Mm-hmm. and it was just like taken away like that like so so senselessly right um yeah and that's what what and that's what i mean when i say the show said of course they all deserve a happy ending as long as you're not broken old and you know and you're not pretty anymore oh. like but he's so pretty, though. Oh, he is pretty. He is pretty. <laughs> Con O'Neill is gorgeous. But you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. I know what no, you mean. the pretty, shiny young ones who were the center of the story get to yeah. live and be happy. But if you're broken and you're not pretty anymore and you're old, then you're just going to be a catalyst for their growth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, you know. I... My my journey into queerness made me realize that I wasn't broken. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the, just like, oh my God, wait a minute. This thing that I thought about myself that was wrong, like, 
I'm not, I'm not, that's not wrong. I'm just not who I thought I was. Yeah. So I'm not broken. And like, Izzy forming his community and wrestling with himself and self-actualizing, he's not broken. He's just in a different form. Mm. and like it just it it speaks to a lot of queer themes yeah no it does and it's just it does it does for him to die and narratively it makes no fucking sense (laughs) because of where he was shot because of the genre of the show because of you know all of these little elements that we've talked about it just doesn't make sense no, it really doesn't. Like, and that's kind of the thing. Like, we're trying to make sense out of nonsense. Yeah. And um, and maybe, and that's the thing also, like, maybe a lot of the incongruities that I saw on the show that I thought were, like, absurd humor, maybe they're just inconsistencies. Yeah. Right? Like, and we were trying to make sense out of nonsense. And I, I, I think maybe it's time to take a more realistic look at the show and be like, okay, so like maybe not everything was calibrated to the degree that we thought it was. Yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think maybe that's kind of like the, the way to look back at it and to be maybe a little bit more, um, how would you say that? Like cold about it. Yeah. Distant. Maybe a little more distant, maybe a little more like scientific or, or like, you know. Well, it's funny because I was listening to an episode from season one of our show, trying to listen, you Mm. know, and um, it was the, this is happening when he's digging up the orange and you're like, okay, so let's think about this. Like there's something about the oranges and I'm not really sure what it is. And I'm trying to like think it out, but like, they're, they put so much effort and thought into this. Like there's something that I can't quite place my finger on as far as like what the oranges symbolize. Yeah. And like, it made me laugh listening to that. And I'm like, I guarantee you wouldn't think that now, you know, yeah. like, no, I wouldn't think that now because that's, that's, that's the thing. Like we didn't get us, we got one orange where I think Roach was eating an orange mm-hmm. on the show. So we didn't get that through the soup didn't follow through the soup the soup i was so sure that we were gonna get soup like throughout the show nope uh-huh. that was a th- and the fact that susan that susan Zhang was selling it like not a thing at all mm-hmm. like what was she doing selling soup we still don't know you know what i mean like it's right it's and just... then the fact that Zhang was um this brilliant person who conquered all of china but then was conquered by ricky of all people who gave yeah, her that's really a bunch upsetting, of clocks actually. Like, had they never heard of the Trojan horse back in the 1700s? Like, I don't know. There was something about in Chinese culture, like, it's like clocks are like a bad, a bad omen, omen. or something. Yeah. Like, you know, and so, like, like, it's all starting to fall apart because once you start to pick at that thread and you're like, and another thing, and yeah. another thing. And it's really frustrating. And I don't want to do that. No, me neither. Like, like, is it a romantic, funny comedy where we can just hand wave that Susan got defeated by a bunch of clocks? Okay, I guess. Or is it a tragedy where, you know, a disabled person goes through this beautiful arc of finding community? Like, I I don't know. But, like, can we also just, like, for a second, think about the number 
of her crew who died. Like the number <gasps> of Chinese like characters that died in uh-huh. that one moment. Because we're talking about hundreds of ships, right? Like yeah. literally. With at least how many people per per ship? Like let's oh, say fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, if not more. If not more. That's like fifteen hundred people dying in one shot. Yeah. Women, yeah. Chinese women. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. are we, are we just kind of like laughing that off? Like, I don't, again, like it's just, like you said, when you start picking at the threads and looking at the cruelty that they showed in the way that they treated Izzy, you're like, wait a second, was that, does that apply to everybody else? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, that's, that's the thing. We could be here all day talking about all the different things. Oh yeah, for sure. Things, and it's but just, I, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's <sighs> the thing. Like, I feel like maybe like having gotten this out it will be a little less complicated for us to go back and do an actual beat by beat episode where we, we can just be like referring to this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, we talked about that before. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. So that people who didn't want to listen to this don't really have to, and you don't have to live through it twice. If you're listening to this, we wouldn't do that to you. We're going to try not to. (laughs) (laughs) I know it is going to be hard once you start talking about it, but you know, we're going to, we're going to try to again, distance ourselves a little bit, you know, with the benefit of hindsight and just be like, and this is what they did, you know, exactly, and and still talk about it, still have a conversation. And, but at least then maybe we can focus on the good parts because I watched the rest of that episode, but I like completely dissociated. I didn't listen to his death speech when auntie started singing i just kind of like zoned out i didn't see roach flip him off i didn't hear ed say well Mm. that's that then Uh, anything i just kind of was like are you okay Mm. you know are you kidding me right now like i just kind of sat there and stared yeah and like i saw him but i didn't have any joy for them being together at the end like Mm. and i should have yeah that's kind of where you want to be of of, like the two leads of your romantic comedy (laughs) And it was supposed to be bittersweet when they pulled out and you could see that his grave was there. And you're like, oh, Izzy didn't leave him. But I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, I just was, I was so angry about it all. Mm -hmm. I was just like, And they gave us like an insight into what Our Flag Means Death, like horror would look like, right? Like with with what we saw. And so it's like, okay, so now is Izzy going to be like a ghost haunting them? Like, like... I've seen so many beautiful horror takes on this. And I'm just like, I don't know which one I love the most. Like Ed going in to dig out his body. Like it's, it's so messed up. And I'm like, you know what? It fits now because like of what we saw in this, in this season. Right. Is his twin going to show up just like Chauncey? Oh, Jesus Christ. Like his name is Lizzie. (laughs) Lizzie, Lizzie hands. Yeah. Oh, you know. Oh, I hate everything <laughs> about this. I hate it. I know. Anyway, thank you for having this conversation. Yeah, thank you. That w- this was much needed. I hope we hit on. I I know I'm going to be like, and another thing. And yeah, another no, thing. I know. There's a couple of things that. I, well, one thing from like this episode that I know we didn't talk about, which I I think is okay to talk about during the beat yeah. by beat, but like, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. We just kind of had to have this little vent session. Yeah. Hopefully if anyone listens to it and they find some catharsis from it, then, 
good. If not, this was just for us. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, fine too. It's our podcast. We do what we too. want. That's right. Yeah. We've promised nothing to no one. <laughs> yeah, it's free. We don't charge anything. No, exactly. So. Oh my god. <laughs> if you don't like it, just don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we yeah. were told, if you don't like it, then don't watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice to tell me once I'm like two seasons deep. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You have to you have to commit to love it through exactly. and through. Yeah. Oh. Ridiculous. Anyway, thanks Katie for right. this conversation. Thank you.